Powered by Go Goat Sports in partnership with TSN, it is episode 73, season 4 of the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast, presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. We've got Philadelphia Flyers GM Danny Briere joining us on the podcast today, and uh, likable dude, right? Um, and clearly, clearly is trying to set up the Philadelphia Flyers for success. I think there were some who wondered with Danny's personality, he's always smiling, he's always having a good time. You know, how aggressive would a relatively inexperienced GM like Briere be? And we found that out, right, with the three-way trade with Columbus in L.A. So looking forward to that, chat. I'm glad you brought that up, Drakes, because I think that was a perception of Danny at yeah, some point yeah. in his career. And then what people found out, that there was a hell of a lot more fire in Danny Briere than people maybe originally understood. And so um, he's got a big task in front of him. They're running into it full steam there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, get forward into headlines here, Ray. And now post Stanley Cup, things are just heating up. We've got the draft raider on the corner. So we'll talk to Briere about that. The Flyers are in the middle of just about everything. And obviously we'll, we'll get Briere's feel on how active he may be in the days coming up as well. Uh, insider trading on TSN, Chris Johnson, Pierre Lebron, and I talked about a number of different interesting tidbits with uh, the trade rumors swirling about. The interesting name out there is Brett Pesci with the Carolina Hurricanes. And I I, I, I don't want to douse the flames of possibility here. Of course, it's possible that Pesci could get traded. I mean, he's he's heading into a contract year. He's a six foot three right shot defenseman. He's really good. But he's good for the Carolina Hurricanes. They'll, they'll engage and probably are in contract discussions, extensions as of July 1st. But if he were to be available, just based on Carolina not wanting to, to buck up to whatever the term and money is, you know, we look at Edmonton, we look at Buffalo, we look at all the teams that are in the market for a top four defenseman, Ray. Where would he be on your list if he is, in fact, in play? If I have a top-end offensive guy, yeah, Pesci is fantastic to play beside him. Somebody that gives his partner room to roam, Pesci is, is really good in that fit. My worry would be, worry, I don't know if that's the right word, is that somebody would look at Brett Pesci and view him as a 50-point shutdown guy and all of that. He's not all of, he's not, that's not his game. Yeah. Of course, in in Carolina, you you know, there's only so many minutes there. Um, a because Rod Brindamore uses pretty much the six man group across the board, but also because Jacob Slavin's there, and you know, Slavin's pretty damn good, really good. But yeah. Pesci's an excellent penalty killer. He's big, like rangy big. Like there's lots of guys that are tall that don't cover the ice. He covers the ice. He's really rangy. Like I could easily see him um, paired with Rasmus Dahlin. Like that would be that would be an easy one to go. Oh yeah, I could see that. I could see him in Edmonton as an upgrade on what they have. On the you know you got a right side lockdown D, and you could see where that would be enticing for Edmonton. But Carolina is not going to give him away, and Carolina is also they are also not scared to take people to the last day of their contract. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll get to the point where it will make sense for them or there won't, but he's a good player. I, I like him a lot. 
All right, let's let's dive a little deeper with the Oilers here. Um, you know, they would obviously have interest. The the glaring issue for Edmonton and a lot of cap teams is they don't have the space. They don't have the money right. to work with. So you can want to add a top four defenseman like Brett Pesci. You can want to add a bargain forward like Connor Brown, right? But you're going to have to move out lots of pieces, you know, Cody Ceci. Warren Fogo, Kyler Yamamoto, and, and that probably isn't enough to get it done. So let's just play in theory here, okay? In theory, if you add a piece like Pesci and you add a piece like Connor Brown, does that vastly improve the Edmonton Oilers in your opinion? Yes. Connor Brown's a good player. You're going to have to remember he missed the entire year with ACL surgery. Yeah. Generally speaking, it takes some time once a player comes back so that might be a trade or an acquisition if if Edmonton or anybody that signs Connor Brown that that Connor Brown starts to pay dividends in the second half of the season. Cuz look I I've had that surgery, you don't feel great. You just don't. Even when you're back and you're like I'm ready, I can do everything. You just you're kind of like a quarter step away from you're like wait a minute, I used to have this pop and it's not there. No matter, I mean, he's done nothing, Browns, but rehab since October. You'd think by next October he'd be great. Well, you're just not. It just it just doesn't work that way. And so, but in the second half of the year, you're looking at a, an elite penalty killer. He's a really sharp penalty killer. He plays lower in your lineup. He can be, uh, I think he can be a 15-goal guy at this stage in his career, and he's smart. Like you put him on the ice, you don't worry about that position. Edmonton has to move out. Oh, it seems like you know a dollar ten to bring in a dollar right now. Like they're in, they're really going to have to grind away to move money out of there. And the one thing they they've stayed fast at is like they don't want to needlessly tie draft picks. You know, Ken Holland's in the last year of his contract, but he doesn't want to pillage the future. But there is a point here. You go. We're not that far away. We, you know, that 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 series with Vegas could have gone another way. It didn't. They got beat by a better team. But yeah, what if it good. didn't? And can you make that next step with a couple of these moves? Right, Alex DeBrinket. Speaking of another forward, we just talked a bit about Connor Brown. Um, there's a market for this guy, and I think we can appreciate why. Right, and and I I believe that you know there's lots of reasons why players and families don't want to stay in a certain city or with an organization. I don't feel like this has a ton to do with hockey, unless, of course, as a left winger, he's looking up and seeing Brady Kachuk and saying, no, nah, you know what? I'm a top-line guy. I, I deserve to have an opportunity as a, a top-line player. I don't know that that's what's truly motivating him. Maybe he wants to get back to the U.S. I mean, players are entitled to, to feel how they feel and try and navigate that process contractually when they can. And that's where Alex DeBrinkett is at. So if you look around the league, I'm sure you can find a parking spot for Alex DeBrinkett with two dozen different teams. Um, Detroit seems to make a lot of sense to me. So is there a team that that needs him more than than another or do you do you like the idea of Detroit? No, I mean he's a scorer, but the team that the team that's going to acquire him, like he's obviously a scorer, but the team that's going to acquire him has to have somebody to play with him. And and why that's important is there are some guys that can be independent contractors and right. create their own offense to mm -hmm. bring it that doesn't do that. He can't. If you 
His best years, well, shockingly, were with Patrick Kane. So somebody can create, that guy can finish. But if you bring him into a spot and you don't have someone to help create the chance, you might be disappointed because it's going to be a hefty price that you're going to pay for to break it. The, the one thing I would say, too, about, you know, I, I keep hearing Detroit, and you know, they've got all these prospects. However, is Ottawa in the prospect boat? I don't think so. No, they're in the next stage of that. So you've got to look at their roster and go, which of their young guys right. would they be willing to move in that deal? I think that would maybe open up a couple of more teams if you sat and really drilled down on it and go, oh, that guy has a 23-year-old centerman or like somebody in that age range as opposed to another draft pick. All right, another forward, um, Victor Olofsson, right? 28 goals this season. Uh, I'm not surprised by that, but, you know, his name has been kind of sifting around the trade speculation and, and whatnot. And it makes sense, right? He's getting pushed by Quinn. He's getting pushed by Turco. This would be a nice piece for for a team. And maybe that's part of the transaction that brings Kevin Adams and the Buffalo Sabres back a defenseman, right? I mean, power play guy, he would help. You know, he's a, he's a shooter. I mean, I, I would say he's close to a one-trick pony, and that's his shot. But, Dregs, we've talked about this before. If teams are looking for 200-foot players only, they're going to have no players on their team. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Like, what's wrong? Like, when I say that, a one-trick pony, yeah, the one trick is he scores. It's bloody hard to do. So I think there is a market for a guy like Olofsson. I really do. And the one thing that Kevin Adams has been – they've been really clear on – they're not going to block their young guy's path. You mentioned Paterka and Quinn. That's the path. And what if Olofsson's in the way? They have to open up space for those guys. Well, he's definitely going to listen. No question about that. Uh, all right. How about a thought on Eric Carlson? Pierre Lebrun lobbed his name back into the mix on insider trading. We know that Mike Greer and the San Jose Sharks obviously are listening and talking to teams. We know that Newport that represents Eric Carlson has had this conversation with San Jose not that long ago. I always believe, Ray, that there is more flexibility in the system, right, in the offseason because teams aren't locked into the team that they're locked into when you come on a training camp and you're bracing for the regular season. So I, I feel like given the year that Carlson had, this is going to be a fun one to continue to follow if he gets traded and then where he gets traded to because that's a big contract in, in every sense of the deal. Well, it, it's really only about that. And so, you know, you would know better than I, Drake's. What percentage of money was San Jose willing to take back at the deadline? It wasn't as much as, it wasn't even close. Yes, there's more flexibility in the summer. But if the owner says, I'm only willing to pay $2.5 million or $3 million of the 11, well, Somebody's got to chew $8 million. Yeah, it all makes sense. Sure, I could see why they'd want to move on from them and all that stuff. And this is like every general manager that takes over a team, as Mike Greer took over from Doug Wilson, and Danny Breer takes over from Chuck Fletcher. There are contracts there that they must stare at and just stare at their computer screen and hoping the longer they stare at them, those contracts disappear. Yeah, it doesn't work that it way. It just doesn't work that way. And so, you know, Greer can be as creative as he wants, but it's a really tough spot for him 
because at a certain point, the owner's like, wait a minute, you're asking me to pay X number of million dollars for the next, how many years left on that deal? Three or four? Uh, I'd have to check. I, I think three, but. Okay. So yeah. let's say it's $4 million. You want yeah. me to pay this guy $12 million to go play somewhere else? <laughs> eh, I'm not into that. I'm not really. That's the that. equivalent of taking $12 million and throwing it into the street. Yeah. So it's, um, I get it. I, I get it. Sure. But whew, that's a, that's a, going to be a tough deal to, to consummate. Those are your headlines. Uh, remember our interviews on Rain Dregs this year brought to you by Canadian Club Whiskey. We were asking, are you over beer? Why not try a CC and ginger ale? It's mixed. It's ready in a can when you're watching the U.S. Open or anything really on TV. Meet your cold one. It's time. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out-of-home, and everything in between. They have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. All right, there he is, Danny Briere, the general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, I'm going to take a wild guess here, Danny, that uh, you're probably one of the more popular NHL general managers out there right now because it's pretty clear <laughs> what you're what you're trying to do, right? As far as the Flyers are concerned, you're going through a rebuild. So are the calls just coming in left, right, and center on an hourly basis? I, I don't know if I'm the most popular. I don't know <laughs> what the other guys are going through, but it's uh, it's learning on the fly quite quickly here yeah. uh, for me. Um, it's It's been pretty exciting. Um, yes, yeah, so a lot of guys are reaching out, trying to figure out what what we're trying to get get done um it's it's pretty clear i think we've we've been upfront about you know the rebuild and uh trying to build a good base acquiring either young prospects or mm -hmm. draft capital uh to position ourselves down the road in, in, in a better spots so um lots of ask but at the same time you know and i've said it from the beginning i'm not looking to completely tank here uh or I, i'm not looking to tank uh, i want to make sure that we're still a competitive team, um, you know, and, you know, with Torts behind the bench, uh, we have a lot of good uh, players that are that competed hard last year, and we want to make sure that that is still the case uh, moving forward. Now you're obviously so new into all of this. I, I ran into you at, a, I don't know if you remember, it was one of the first home games of last year. Yep. Um, you know, we were just getting going in the start of last year. I was saying, I was asking, so what are you doing? What are you what exactly? And it seemed like you were touching a bunch of different places in the organization. Yeah. At what point did you realize this might be the next step? Like you might go from what you were doing then, which was American League business side, you were here, there, and kind of everywhere to the to the big chair. I, I, I didn't expect it to happen so quick. You know, I I felt that I uh, was going in that direction, having the chance to touch, um, you know, on different departments. I, yeah, I spent time on the business side before, uh, learn how to manage uh, and build from scratch a, a minor league team. And then, you know, the last few years here with the Flyers, lots of time on player development side, lots of time in Lehigh Valley in the American League, uh, in the meetings with amateur scouting and pro scouting. So I, I was getting 
to touch on different departments. Uh, I, I thought it was awesome. I, I, I loved every minute of it, uh, but I, I didn't think it would happen this quick. Unfortunately, you know, the team going in the direction we had, we had happened last year, kind of forced things a little bit, um, you know, but now it's pretty exciting. But I, I have to admit, when it first happened, I was definitely a little overwhelmed. <laughs> okay, that was... <laughs> I was just going to ask. So when we're playing and we're sitting at the back of the bus as we get older, we got all the ideas. We got all the answers. Why don't they do this? Why does a manager do this? So you get hired. You have your press conference. The next day you walk in the office and it's your office. Like, what do you? what's the first thing that you do when you sit down? Well, you're trying to get a grasp of everything going on. Um, the, the good thing is the, uh, the trade deadline had just happened. Um, so there wasn't a lot of um, getting into uh, trading or making trades or negotiating contracts at the time. Um, I, I was lucky enough, I think on day two, I had to go to the uh, uh, GM meetings down in Florida. So I got the chance to meet all the GMs face to face. So instead of calling one by one and trying to get in touch with all the guys, uh, I got to meet them face to face down in Florida. So that helped. Um, you know, I, I think for me, the first thing was getting a grasp of where we were in as an organization. Um, and I don't mean on the hockey team and the players, it was most, mo mostly in, on, uh, in the front office, uh, what needs to be done, um, what needs to change, what needs to be readjusted. So that was kind of the, the first order of business that I had, uh, the chance to do from the trade deadline, basically to the end of the season. Yeah, well, it didn't take you long to to kind of sink your teeth in as a general manager, making a pretty significant trade, I would say. I mean, uh, Provorov ends up with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So what's it been like uh, maybe prior leading up to that three-way trade and where you're at today? Like, Are there managers out there that are trying to fleece, take advantage of what they <laughs> might consider to be a, an inexperienced GM? I, I, I'm sure, sure they are. Um, I think at this point, everybody <laughs> is just positioning – uh, but I, I was really happy with uh, the, the, the chance to uh, kind of get get your first trade out of the way. Um, you know, so I, I really appreciated uh, Yarmo and uh, Rob Blake to, to be willing to to move ahead and, and do it because you don't see a lot of trades while the playoffs are still going on. So um, I really appreciated that they were willing to uh, to move ahead and not waste uh, any more time. And uh, the cool part in that trade, I felt, was that everybody was getting what, what they wanted and what they needed for their organization. So uh, everybody got a little bit of, of what they were looking for. Right around the same time, of course. Well, not at the same time. You get, you get hired, and now you said you've got to come in and build – or find out what the organization needs. That leads to the hiring of Keith Jones and now Patrick Sharp and John LeClaire are more involved. They're back in the fold, ex-Flyers who you know had terrific careers there. How do you put that all together? Like, how do you, how do you do, is it from the years that you've sat there in the next chair and go, oh, this is how they put a staff together? Like, what makes it yours? Well, I, you know, one of the area where I had an advantage, I felt, was uh, having a chance to be around the organization for so long and, uh, you know, having my own opinion on, on what needed to be done. Uh, when you get in or walk into a new organization, the first few months usually are uh, are there for you to get a, you know, assess the staff that you have around you and to see what makes sense. Um, I had the luxury to come in in the place that I, I knew that I was very comfortable with. Um, and, and it was easier to make those decisions, I felt, in, in what areas we, we needed to readjust it. 
to get readjusted. So um, that, that that was kind of the beginning of it. And, uh, you know, those two guys that you mentioned, Patrick Sharp, I think was, first of all, the no-brainer. He's going to help with our young guys. You know, the the direction that we're going in, in acquiring, acquiring you know, young assets and draft picks, you got to make sure they're, they, they develop into players that are going to help you down the road. That's the key for, for doing this. Um, so adding uh, Patrick and John LeClaire, I thought, um, was right up that alley. They're they're going to be both tremendous in that area to start with, and and then you know their experience, the fact that they have won uh, Stanley Cups, um, that they've been around for so long. I I, I thought uh, it, it was a perfect fit for us. Dang, how do you how do you deal with speculation from from guys like us or just the media in general? I mean, that Philadelphia market is a hungry, rabid hockey market, sports market. Period. So. You know, constantly, I'm sure you're being asked, okay, well, are you seriously considering trading Konechny or Lawton or Carter Hart? Are you listening? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And and is the answer to that, you know, well, we have to listen on just about everything. Yeah, it's my duty, uh, you know, as a GM. That's the way I see it. I, I, I have to be fair to the organization. Um, you know, a lot of those names that you mentioned, I am not shopping. I'm not looking to uh, to trade them. But it's my duty to listen if, if there are GMs that, uh, you know, have some interest and uh, really are willing to, to pay uh, a hard, heavy price for those guys. I have to listen and do what's right for, for the organization. So, um, yeah, there's names that I'm, I'm definitely not, you know, calling GMs about, but I, I will listen on everybody. Now, this is just my, <clears throat> my view of going, you know, I'll go back to my playing days. But back to more importantly, when I started to broadcast to now, used to go into Philadelphia scared to death. <laughs> like you'd you'd go in. There I did too. And, you know, <laughs> remember that walk down that hallway at the Spectrum Day? Yeah, like, it kept getting shorter. I'm like, Jesus, those guys are so big that are waiting at the end of this tunnel. Yeah, you know what it's it was. Just, you know what it was for me. It was the the orange partition on the ice too. It felt oh. yeah. It felt like you were in. You know, and like in a ring, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's something about oh, it. That, yeah. And the roof was low. Yeah. The yeah. roof was low. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like it. <laughs> and anyway, what I was going to ask was, how do you, you talk about, we want to build these young prospects. We want to acquire more young players. We, of course, the game is far different than certainly when I played and then when you played. <clears throat> but how do you balance the, the Philly way? Like Philly's a tough place it and it and it had it it you could just feel it walking in there and balance it with the new way that the game is played like how do you balance that yeah there's um i i think it can be an advantage if if it's used properly now when i say that i'm very aware that we're not the broad street bullies it doesn't exist and you can't play that way anymore uh but but we've seen we've seen in the playoffs um you know how how well florida did with a very very physical team um, you know, so I, I, I think there's still, uh, it's still a, a really important part of the game, uh, especially when you get into the playoffs that, you know, in Philadelphia can, can be used as an advantage without, you know, crossing the line. And it's always, you know, finding that fine line. Um, you know, also the, 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 fa- the fans being so passionate about, about this team. Um, there's an identity that, that we need to have that we're not going to be a soft team to play against. We're not going to be pushovers. Now, when, you're rebuilding and you're not, you know, at the top of the league, you're not quite the contender that you hope to be. Um, 
the important part for me is is the culture that we're building and Torts calls it the standard. Um, so the, having a right standard there for our players to come in that we're still going to play hard. We're still going to compete. We're going to give you everything that, that we have to try to win every single game. That's the approach that we have. We, we don't believe in tanking. We're not trying to, uh, you know, finish last to, you know, get the best shot at, at a first overall pick. If it happens, it happens, and it's going to be a miserable season. But the most important part is is how our guys conduct themselves, how they approach every game, how prepared they are. So to me, that sets the next stage uh, moving forward. And um, it, it's something to me that is non-negotiable in Philadelphia. Is, is that the is that the part? Um, I think most, most people are interested seeing how now that you're taking over, you're new, you've got your new staff, and you've got John Tortorella as your head coach. Is that the part where you and he have to be on the same page? So you're not acquiring a player that doesn't fit and his standard you understand like it it's um it's a pretty important yep. step to bridge yep. there yeah and 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 i think sometimes we um we have the um, um wrong perception of of torts uh torts is on board towards the man's hard work um competitive players every single night uh but he's also on board he knows what needs to be done um, you know, he's, he's a sharp guy and he totally gets it and he knows where we're at. Um, but yeah, him and I will talk and we'll, we'll discuss players that are, uh, coming in to make sure that they, they fit what we're, we're trying to do. The league is a better place when the flyers are in the mix. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you feel that? Do you feel that? Like, is there a pressure to that or is it just, Hey, look, I'm trying to build the best team we could build here. I'm a little biased. So, yeah, I think that, the, that it's a better place when the Flyers are doing well. So, um, it really is, you know, but again, it's, it, it's finding that, 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 that perfect balance. I, I feel for, you know, the last 10 years, there's been too much patchwork. Uh, that's just my own perception. Mm. Um, in, you know, instead of doing and, and building from the ground up, um, you know, the way we think it should be done. There's been a lot of patchwork and, and try to get it done. And um, right or wrong, I you know, there, there's years that the Flyers were right there. Injuries have decimated this team. But, um, you know, we want to try to do it the right way from, from the ground up, give us our chance to build around certain key players um, for the future and, and become a team that's not just going to be, you know, one year in the playoffs, one year out of the playoffs, one year in the playoffs, and then, you know, m- maybe, you know, going around sometimes two rounds, but it's been so long. I, I'd like to build a team that's going to be a, a contender uh, year after year. I'm not saying they're going to win the cup every single year, but at least they compete and they contend and they have a shot at it. Yeah, and big part of doing that, Danny, is is building through draft and then obviously developing. And it's it's a wild time of year, so how much are you looking forward to the upcoming draft in Nashville? And the follow-up to that is how busy do you think you're going to be? How active will the Philadelphia Flyers potentially be on the trade front there? Well, yeah, first of all, yes, I, I'm super excited. And um, and adding a, another first-round pick uh, this year in the Provorov trade gets our amateur scouts really excited to have mm-hmm. two cracks at it going into it. Now, things could change um, depending on what <laughs> comes my way or our way, but um, I, I don't know how, how active I'm going to be. It's it's easy to say that, yeah, I, I want to be active, but y- you need a dancing partner, sometimes two, like you've seen in, in the last trade, um, to, to make things happen. So um, we're going to try to make things happen, but 
Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. What's your most pressing need, do you say? I mean, is it just good, young, kind of age-sensitive players to grow with some of the younger guys you already have in-house? Yes, that's that's our goal. That's our goal to, yeah. to you know, get some good young players that are going to help us tremendously down the road. Um, as far as our lineup in the moment, um, you know, we're, we're always looking to to get it better. Uh, you know, up front, we'd like to add a little bit of depth. Uh, center position is always an area that everybody wants to to increase uh, that position because it's important. But we're, we're looking at everything, and, and the, the most important part for us would be uh, young assets or draft capital. Okay, last question for me. You're now the, you're an assistant. You're walking around. You're thinking. You gotta, you know, you're away from the rink. You're doing your thing, and you're thinking about the team. Now you're the manager. Is there a time in the day you are not thinking of the Philadelphia Flyers? <laughs> <laughs> There's... Um... There's a few moments, a few minutes during the day when I get home and I see my uh, little 15-year-old uh, boy, uh, you know, yelling my name. Uh, that that's that's about it. Maybe when I fall asleep at night for a couple hours. At the moment, that's that's about the only time I don't think about the Flyers. Well, and the reason I ask is, <laughs> as you know, Cammy's and with the Vancouver Canucks, she'll be cooking dinner or doing something, and then she'll have a thought. And I can just see she's thinking, thinking, thinking. And I'm like, yeah. oh, she's just gone right now. Yeah. So I assume it's like that all the time. Oh, yeah. My wife will say some some things to me that, you know, 10 minutes later, I'll ask about the same thing but that she just told me. <laughs> tell me. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, you know, there's there's a lot going on. There's all kinds of things being thrown at you. Uh, but I love it. It's it's really exciting. I I'm, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, I think we've all been accused of maybe not paying as close attention to our wives as we <laughs> normally should. So don't feel Definitely. bad about that one, Danny. You're in good company. Can you can you let her know that for me? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I think we just did. Anyway, bud, thanks for doing this. We know it's uh, again a very busy time of year for every NHL general manager, but we're looking forward to uh, some of the action around the Philadelphia Flyers and. Perhaps better years ahead. Good luck. Thank you very much, guys. One of the favorite parts of the podcast, we get to raise a glass of the Fine Chronicles series, CC to Danny Breer for joining us today, Ray, presented by Canadian Club Whiskey. Final Chronicles series, the 45-year-old release is now available everywhere. Trust me when I tell you, it's delicious. So grab a hold of one of those bad boys. And how about Danny Breer? You know, again, maybe that's the confidence of being the player that he was which in his heyday was a star player in the National Hockey League. But he's as green as grass when it comes to being an NHL general manager. But here he is on the podcast just talking like he's been in that chair for 20 years, right? He's just going in with open eyes, open ears, and surrounding himself with good people, which also matters. Yeah, you know that's why I asked him that first day you walk in there. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I always wonder if everybody – walks in there, you know, closes the door and like George Costanza sits in the chair and just spins around in the chair. <laughs> like what, what's the first call you make? What's the first thing you do? It's like, there's so much yeah. to do because nobody takes over the GM's chair where everything's going great. Right. Yeah. Like you, 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 you know, he had right. to yeah. build a staff. He came in, you know, they hired Keith Jones as the president so there's obviously a synergy that has to work there. Then you've got the John Tortorella connection into him having, um, you know, a hand in what they're looking for to build. And then there's the draft. 
Then he makes this three-way trade. Like, man, there's a lot going on. And I like how I like how he says it, you know, it's fun. It's fun to do. Uh, I will tell you a story though. Uh, I I I ran into a, an old veteran guy who's no longer in management. And it was the year after a GM had taken over in a team. And he said, oh, it's so fun. He told the veteran guy. And mm. later that year, um, they were losing about 7 nothing, 6 nothing at home, the young guy's team. And the veteran guy texted me and he said, I wonder if he's having fun tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, the answer is not tonight. Like right now, Danny's not, not winning tonight. and losing. But he's, I like that there's an aggressiveness to this. And I think yeah. if I'm Flyers ownership, there needs to be an aggressiveness around the Flyers again. That's what I was trying to get to about balancing yeah. the, the Philadelphia history with the current. There's got to be an aggressiveness to it. That's, that's just the way the Flyers should churn. Oh, if you're watching the YouTube channel, you can see his smiling face. We haven't visited with Chris Abbott in a while. You're a busy dude, Chris. You're working. <laughs> You're bopping all over the map. You had a, what was it, like a workcation in Greece, the motherland for Botano.ca, and you're back and you look refreshed. Do I look refreshed? Because I feel terrible. I- <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say you look how you feel. Oh, that's just hard. <laughs> that's, listen, I can always count on Ray to make me feel good. Um, yeah, we uh, our head offices are in in Athens, Greece, and we had some uh, had some meetings over there. So I was telling you guys before we came on the air. You know, they take us to this really nice hotel on the coast, and uh, you know, gorgeous. They were telling us how um, uh, Dirk Nowitzki was staying at the resort last week and all this great stuff. And here we are locked in a conference room twelve hours a day. <laughs> Uh, anyone who's anyone who's been to greece knows that they like to eat late so dinner's at like 10 p.m oh man it's uh so then uh then we came back here to the canadian gaming uh summit was here so it was a a big week for the industry here in downtown toronto um so yeah it's been good so trying to catch our breath now but uh i missed you guys nice what goes on on a date like here you know there's baseball every day we got you know, we'll get into the U.S. Open. What what goes on in Greece every day other than hang out on the beach? <laughs> it's, a, it's a slower pace, that's for sure. Um, you know, we know they're crazy about soccer in Europe, but, um, of course, basketball's, num- basketball's number two. So It is, eh? Okay. Yeah, and, and it would have been before, like, uh, you know, they had Giannis Antetokounmpo to call their own. Um, of course, he's a, he's a global brand ambassador for us at Botano, so – Totally, uh, totally happy to make that connection. He's actually, I missed him by a week. He's coming to our offices next week. So missed out. Um, but uh, yeah, they love basketball. And uh, in our offices, you, you've got to be a Olympiakos or a Panathinaikos fan. Uh, and if not, you get you chastised big time. So, uh, um, you know, they're sports crazy just like we are. Um, but it's just, it's more soccer and, and basketball. In fact, I mean, I'd go, uh, I'd go out and say they're, they're a little more sports crazy than we are here in Canada. Their whole, a lot of them, their whole identity is tied up in, uh, in the team they root for. Well, speaking of being chastised, Ray, you got to tip your monitor down just oh, a little yeah, bit. We're going to get chirped that. endlessly on social media. For about what? About my lack of hair the, or what? The, well, maybe in the, the chair that couldn't be 
readjusted or something like that. So, no, you're good now, man. You look perfect. Oh, perfect. Good good to know, Dregs. I didn't know you were the technical director, too. (laughs) Today, it appears I have to be. I'm not normally that. All right, Abs. Well, look around the weekend. It is a slowish time of year, right? The Stanley Cup Championship, the NBA Championship is behind us. So, you mentioned, Ray mentioned the U.S. Open. You've got F1 in Montreal. So get a quick thought on both of those, but also Stanley Cup odds for 2024 are currently available on Botano.ca. Yeah, they were out before Phil Kessel threw up or didn't throw up, whatever he, whatever happened. <laughs> that needed, should have been a bet. Needed a bet on that one. I mean, I love yeah. that clip. That was fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so, I mean, we can start with that. We've got the Stanley Cup odds. Um, right now, the favorites at Botano, Colorado and Vegas are both 9-1. to one. Um, I don't. I don't think anything's a surprise here. Edmonton at eleven, Carolina, Carolina at twelve to one, New Jersey twelve to one, Toronto twelve to one, Boston fourteen to one. Um, yeah, and it, it's bunched up pretty good. I mean, if you want to, if you want to back Jerome McGinley and Craig Conroy at thirty nine to one, that's an option. Um, so it's never, never too never too early to get in on next. Are they going to play? <laughs> <laughs> I. Think- if you get the I odds mean, would be great. low. I always love this that you know people are so excited like Iggy's back in the fold and I'm like, yeah, he's in a suit. He's not going to score 52 goals this year. So you know. he's not fighting Vincent LeCavalier at center ice. Right? No, no, you know, but I I love those odds like right now. Yeah. Because we haven't got through free agency. There is no there's no trades yet. This if, if you got a little sneaky gut feel on somebody, wouldn't this be a really good time? You might get odds that you'd never get again. Yeah, you know, you might be surprised that people are, are very anxious to get odds uh, posted and, and able to bet for exactly the reasons you mentioned. If there's going to be an edge on a team that you, you know, you might suspect are going to do a lot come July 1st or, or make some moves at the draft, then yeah, this is the time to do it. So um, there are some long shots there. But, um, you know, I guess the teams that everyone expects are, are probably right where they should be. Unless, you know, I'll take you guys, the insiders. Is there a team that's <laughs> going to make a move next year? Uh, I mean, Carolina wouldn't be a reach, obviously. I mean, they, they did pretty well this season, but there'll be some action around the Hurricanes. Um, I, I, I look for – I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Who needs, like, a piece? You know, like – Edmonton? Like, if you're – you're right. But yeah. if you're looking for somebody that needs seven pieces yeah. and thinking yeah. that's going to happen, that's not going to happen. Right. Although, I don't know what the odds would have been uh, last last July or late June on Florida yeah. getting, to, getting to the finals. I would say the answer would be about zero. <laughs> it wouldn't be very high, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, Chris, we'll let you go with this. Who's winning the U.S. Open? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, it's gotta be someone, it's gotta be a live guy just for the, just for the excitement. It's gotta be a live guy. So Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, I hope it gets tougher. All right. Like the first round was a bit of a debacle. We're so used to the U S open, just shredding guys. And that hasn't been the case. I will. I, I played that course 15 years ago and I thought it was really hard. I thought it was really hard. Yeah. And I, I saw a quote from a member that said, it's really not set up that much differently, you know, but these guys are so long and straight yeah, and all that. Yeah. But the U.S. Open, I think I think what I like best about the first round yesterday was those guys that want this thing to be even par, 
they must have been grinding their coffee yesterday as guys are going out there. Birdie, birdie, birdie. I love it. I love it. Oh, you want it to be the hardest major? And somebody, two guys shoot 62. <laughs> Take a bite of that. Well, as we chat here right now, it's round two is being played, right? So it's always a thing when you're recording. But uh, Sander Shoffley is, is the live favorite. Rory second. Scheffler third tied with Fowler. Uh, Wyndham Clark, I mean, that's that's a hockey name if I ever heard one. <laughs> Seven to one. So those are, those are your top five right now. Good deal, bud. All right. Thanks for doing this, Chris. Good to see you again. And we'll check back next week. All right, guys. Happy Father's Day to both of you. Take care. All right, Ray. Well, time to uh, wrap up another edition of the Rain Drakes Hockey Podcast. And uh, as I acknowledged on the Got Your Back podcast with... Strudwig and Ryan Rashog and Pierre Lebrun on Thursday. Um, big news for Ray and Dregs. We're actually shifting gears here, and we're going over to Ryan Rashog's little empire of podcasts there under the heading of Rev Media. So uh, exciting times for us as we look forward to Season 5, but a little bittersweet too, right? I mean, Go Goat and the relationships that we've made here um, they're going to carry with us. I mean, we're not pre- prepping for our season five without the guidance of everyone at Go Goat. So first of all, thank you. But I don't know about you, man. I remember us having a conversation prior to season one and going, well, let's see how this is going to pan out. Um, it's either going to work or it's not going to work. And if it doesn't work, then we're not going to do it. Yet here we are, right? Uh, just loading up for another season of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast. Well, when when this was proposed to us at the draft, bef- uh, before the draft yeah. in Vancouver. In Vancouver, right? Yeah. yeah. And kind of like, we're like, oh, well, that kind of sounds interesting. And oh so God. what was, you know, um, an idea in someone's head became reality. And, you know, people work, do a lot of work that in any business that you just never see. And, right. you know, here we are closing up season four and it's really kind of, it's really kind of awesome that, you know, that we've had so many people listen. We're really grateful for that, but also grateful for the work that people have put in to help us get through season four. So when season five starts, it's still Ray and Dregs. I am curious though, does this make Rashog our boss? Because if it does, we need to set some ground rules. There is, you mentioned it yesterday. There is an absolute limit, yeah, on texts from Rashad during the week about well about everything. Yeah, would you not say a hundred percent? And 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 there will be penalties, there will be fines, there will be some sort of punitive damages that are going to be applied if he abuses. And I'm and I'm also a little concerned about Strudwick. I got to be honest with you. Why? Just the short jokes and stuff. He already oh, lobbed a couple of those. Oh, my way. God. He's got them in his holster. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> they're ready to go. <laughs> Good stuff, buddy. What's your weekend look like? Uh, driving to Seattle today. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, for Reese's soccer tournament, which starts tomorrow. Riley left at 6 in the morning uh, for a soccer tournament in Dallas. So be at Reese's tournament Saturday, Sunday then fly to Dallas Monday and go watch Riley play Monday and Wednesday and then back here Thursday. So busy week of soccer and uh, really, uh, really pumped about it. We're pretty uh, proud of the boys. They've had really, no really good years. years. And, um, you know, they work, work really hard at it. And so we'll, we'll go watch them in their year end tournaments. It'll be 
be fun to do. Yeah, enjoy it. As you know better than anybody, it just goes by so quickly, right? Oh, Every and, and I should say, and in the middle of that travel, drive to Seattle, fly to Dallas. Once we get there, Cammy's got to leave on Tuesday morning uh, to go to Toronto for the Hall of Fame voting on uh, right. Tuesday, or uh, I guess it's Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, yeah. And so the class of 23 will be announced uh, yeah. quite soon. And then you've got the draft after that. So the Ferraro family is kind of all over the map here. Just think of this, though. From the 21st of June through the end of the draft, I will have zero knowledge of anything that's going on. <laughs> it's liberating, right? You don't have to worry about it. I don't want to. I'm going to find out who got elected to the Hall of Fame at the same time as it gets out in the public. There'll be an email and I'll go, oh, <laughs> would you look at that? I didn't even I know. That. I The reason I asked Danny Briere when he was going into Nashville was so I could find out yeah. when Cammy's, like, when are they going in? I thought it was Sunday, <laughs> but she... When she left, she goes, yeah, we're going in Saturday, too. I was like, oh, who knew? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, buddy. Well, enjoy the weekend. You got anything big? Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's again, one of those glorious weekends where nothing is planned. Um, there's always little jobs. And Sunday afternoon on the couch, fun. watch the U.S. Open? That'll probably be it. That'll probably be it. Although, again, we talked a bit about this with Chris. I just, I hope things tighten up in LA at the U.S. Open because I, I don't, I, I just, that's what I enjoy most is the torturous conditions that these guys have to go through at the U.S. Open, and it doesn't look that way throughout. One thing you'll find today and tomorrow is those greens will have eyedroppers of water on them, and those things are going to be like concrete by Sunday. <laughs> All right, man. Safe travels and uh, best to you and the family. And we'll connect again early next week. Yeah, have a great Father's Day, uh, Dregs, and to all the dads out there. Enjoy and uh, hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. And thank you to all who help us make the podcast possible. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, who ask, are you over beer? Botano.ca now available in Ontario. Remember, the game starts now. And by Doer, use code RNDPANTS and you will save 15% off everything at Doer.ca. Episode 73 of the Ray and Dregs podcast. Until next week, stay safe, everybody.